0: Log Talk Radio. And uh, what's up out there? Welcome to the Diardo Row Show. My name is uh Brian Diardo on, on the other half of that uh, nickname is Brian Rosen, who is uh dialing in from Denver. I'm stationed out here in Columbus and uh Brian I think the weather's probably what? How 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 cold is it out there in Denver? So
1: it the weather in general is unbelievable here. It it's, it's sunny, like 300 days a year. It, it's 26 right now. It's about 8, 8.30 local time. I mean, but for the, the, you get a lot of days that are in, like, the 50s. So I'm feeling good. I'm excited. We're, uh, we're you know, we, we have a name now. It makes us somewhat official and, uh, you know, ready to uh, talk about a lot, lot of good stuff. And I know that you, will, oh, as always, have some Steelers reactions. I guess I'll be the first to...
0: Say I am.
1: offer my condolences on the Steelers ending their season to the great Tom Brady. And hey, t- t- tough deal there, but uh, it's all you to talk about uh, your team.
0: It, it's this, this. This team has shown me something the last two years that has really woken up, like woken me up to sports. I've always said that I think, just to give you a comparison, uh, that the 2000 2000- 15 Cavs were better than 16. Uh, Even though the 15 team didn't win it, that was just always my opinion. And this year's Steeler team wasn't as good as last year's Steeler team, even though last year's team, uh, you know, only went to the second round and won one less game in the regular season. Uh, This team, I mean, last year, the Steelers, as injured as they were, uh, almost upset Denver uh, in the second round of the playoffs. And, this team just got ma- just murdered by the Patriots. I mean, it was – I mean, they were totally out outplayed. And it it leaves a very sour taste in your mouth, as good as this season was. And, I mean, pretty much, I mean, that loss, I mean, leads to a quarterback contemplating retirement now. Like, that's how bad that game was. So, uh, the only issue I had with that game, to be quite honest with you, I mean, the Steelers were, were, were greatly outplayed. And I think it – it really showed me just more than anything how much of, of of a war of attrition sports really is. Like, Brian, I know you're more into it. And we'll talk Blue Jackets tonight. Like, I think you're going to understand about hockey, Brian, is that it very much is a war of attrition too. Not as physical as football, but, but there's so many more games. I mean, you can play 100-plus games in hockey. But just to kind of tie a bow on the Steelers' season, it, it, it was – uh uh this team just couldn't overcome all the distractions and – uh you know, you lose Le'Veon Bell in the first quarter. I mean, it was pretty much everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. Uh, and the worst part of it was that now, you know, fans in Pittsburgh are very upset with how the season ended. And really it's unfortunate, uh, Brian, and, and I might just hand this off to you right here, is that, and even Ben said it uh, during his whole retirement interview, he said uh, his main focus of that interview was honestly to try to convince the fans that this was a good year. And was like, you know, we gave you guys a home playoff victory. We gave you guys a division championship. You know, we did a lot of things this year that we haven't done in a long time. And I think Ben's kind of referencing that, you know, the Pittsburgh fan base is, is a pretty spoiled one. And it just kind of brings into question, like, what is what is, a, what is a successful season? Do you have to win a championship for your team to have been a success? I say no. Um that being said, I still wouldn't put this season. It, it was success, but in my mind, last year's team was more satisfying because they bowed out to the champions like champions. I mean, they gave Peyton Manning a, a punch in the in the gut, and you know that was that was as close as Denver got to losing last season. You know, even even you know New England never had the lead against Denver in that game. I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers led Denver until ten minutes left. So I would say that last year's Steelers even though they, weren't, they won't go down in the books as good as this one, I would say that last year's team was better in my mind. And that's where I'd like to kind of bring you in, Brian. Wherever you want to take what I said, wherever you want, whatever direction you want to go with it, I'm, I'm down. Got a lot to work with there. Got a lot to work with. Um,
1: you know, I, I, it, it's tough. The Steelers have created this, and that's what happens when you win as consistently as, as the Steelers do. I think... Steelers fans at this point are kind of in the mindset that we know, at a minimum, we're going to make playoffs. We do pretty much every year. So when we don't win a championship, it's a little bit disappointing. But I do think that there definitely needs to be context. I, how you define a success, teams rarely win the championship. Even the best teams lose the championship. So if that's your strategy, it's, hard, it's going to be hard to enjoy sports. But I do think that, you know, given – the the talent that's there, I I don't completely blame Steelers fans for that. But man, it it is so difficult to you know be upset when these good things are happening. So I, I definitely can see can see both sides of that. But
0: well, not I, sure. think what, what, what exactly honestly, I think honestly, Brian, what separates like Steeler fans and Cowboy fans, because I'm gonna tell you what I think a lot of Cowboy fans out there are happy with the season they just had even though, you know, they lost, they didn't win any playoff games. I mean, the Steelers won two playoff games. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. I
1: mean, I, but, again, I don't think that that's the Cowboys. I think that's almost every fan base feel, would feel like that. Um, the Steelers are consistent. So, it's, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals are a similar way. The Detroit Red Wings and hockey, you know, it, I don't know less last time they won a Stanley Cup, but they obviously have won plenty of them, and they're consistent. They're in the playoffs every year, so I think it's it, it's easy to get complacent when that happens. But for everybody else, I think the you know, and the Cowboys have had such uh, some of it was bad luck, some of it was mistakes. Jerry Jones, you know, they too hands on with his decisions. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, but ultimately, things were really bad, and things are looking really good. They were lucky. That Romo got hurt, and they had the chance to draft the great Zeke Elliott. We already talked about, and everyone talked about how, you know, they give him the ball enough, and that's always the problem, it seems. Anytime a team loses with Zeke Elliott on it, when he doesn't get the football enough, that – I'm not saying that that's the cause, but, it's, you know, it's there. It's correlation, not causation. whatever it was learned in, in math. Uh, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, it is, and it, it, it's just kind of. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. As an Ohio State like uh, person that went, and I know we really were gonna talk much Ohio State football because they're they're currently not playing, but I think Brian, we could always talk a little Buckeye football. I think the fans here handled the closing oh, uh, loss well. You know, I I really do. I I have to yeah, say I, I think Ohio State. What's that?
1: I agree. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, it, it's just you know I don't know I just I give them a lot of credit for. You know, what, you know, I think that, like, I think after Jim Trestle, I think this fan base grew up a little bit. And when that team just kind of bottomed out in 2011, when you have, what, Bowserman at quarterback uh, losing to Michigan State at home 10-7, to I think, I think when, you know, this team has been giving Meyer a lot more credit, and it's been really nice to see. But, you know, and, and one team, though, man, that I, I would love to get your digs on is the Cavs, because I actually watched the end of that game. What I take away from, you know, really, this team offensively is set. It's just, you know, it's the defense. And I think it's just guys learning how to play the way, you know, LeBron likes to play defense. My opinion, I don't – I didn't understand why he said we need a playmaker because to me it seems like the Cavs have plenty of them. But I'll let you just eat away at that one because, you know, what I come away with this game, I mean, they lost in overtime, uh, very back-and-forth game. Uh, The Cavs struggled free throw shooting at the beginning, but they kind of got it back together. But at the end of the game, uh, Kyle Korver passed it to LeBron uh, at the key, top of the key, and LeBron, I don't think, was expecting the ball, and there was a turnover. And you could tell that Korver was scared out of his mind. Like, he couldn't even look at LeBron because he's just intimidated by him. And I think that's one thing that I don't think LeBron understands anymore, that if he gets teammates that don't know him, I think they they don't know how to play with him. Like, they they don't know him as a man. And – Like, watching Korver commit that turnover, I don't remember the last time I've watched a game. And I just watched, Brian, my team lose by 30 in a championship game. But I felt terrible for Korver at the end (laughs) because I was just like, man, like, you know. And it's just chemistry. It's kind of what Golden State went through earlier in the season. Like, you have to go through the chemistry stage with your team. And, you know, I think that's what jarred LeBron so much when the Cavs lost by 30 because it was like, you know, I don't think he minds losing to Golden State. I mean, they lost by 30 back in December. Last year and got it together and beat him in the finals, but I think LeBron may not have liked the mindset of his guys. Maybe took it a little too lightly. So, you know, you obviously follow the Cavs a lot more than me, but I, I think now, man, the story of this team really begins now. Like I always said it before before the season started, like we're not going to know, uh, you know, what the story of the 2016 or 17 Cavaliers is, is going to be until they actually face adversity. And this is it. Like, it took almost the end of January, in my opinion, to really start to reach a panic level. So, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, you want to get your kinks out right now so that you can have everything, like, settled out before you jump into the playoffs. You don't want to be in the playoffs. That's exactly and make the where I
1: want to take them. Yeah.
0: yeah. No. You don't want to be uh-huh. in April uh-huh. and experience what the Cavs had to experience tonight. No. You, uh,
1: you know what, Yeah, I, at the end of, of what you said, that's really what I wanted to focus on because that's how I feel. Um, big picture, like big picture, you, to win a championship, you have to have adversity, legitimate, real adversity. And it, it's hard to make it manufactured. Uh, I think LeBron helped a little bit with that. But the Cavs are struggling, and, you know, with Griff being called out, all that, it's it's a good thing. And LeBron, no, is always sending a message. The guy does not do anything without having it really planned out, the exception of the decision his whole life. The only time he ever did something stupid that he would have probably taken back. But he, he, he knows what he's doing. He, he's got reasons for what he's doing. So, big picture, the, the losing map, not worried. Now, Having said that, there are two issues, one that we've known about and one that we have to you know, be able to control. And that is, well, obviously, injuries you can't can't control. But you can help to prevent them and focus big picture by playing LeBron James less. Now, it's been noted the problem is the Cavs are horrible. I don't know what their record is, but they're well under, around 10 or 11 games under um, when LeBron doesn't play, at least. It might be more than that. But... So you get scared, can I afford to take him out of the lineup because we know we're probably going to lose in that instance. But big picture, I don't care if we lose the number one season. None of matters. conference already. I'm not worried about that at all. So it simply comes down to, to be the best team that could be in the finals. So bronze minute specifically, Tyrese a little bit, that's the one thing that you can, you can control a little bit. Now, what you can't control, injuries, J.R. That's a huge loss, and my concern is not how many games we're we going to win or not win in the regular season because he's out. I don't care about that. Like I said, we're going to win. We already won. Sorry. It's just the way it is. Cavs, are going to go to the NBA finals again. So, man, uh, I, I,
0: all,
1: all in all, Jr. needs to be able to come back and be effective at a minimum of series. To end the season, you know, in in the NBA Finals. So to be able to get there, it, it's concerning with his injury, especially you know when you have fingers, thumb injuries, that is tough. You're dealing with tendons, and and it's it broke even broken bones, his fingers. It, it's not easy, it's not easy to deal with. Obviously, not not a doctor. But those two things essentially are, are the biggest issues for the Cavs, and one of them is very controllable, and that's just. Don't worry so much about wins and losses, but you have to. More consistently in the second half, we're going to have to take LeBron out and even Kyrie out a little bit. We've got to make sure that our guys are 100% ready for, you know, the, the regular season or, or you know, for, for the playoffs and then the NBA finals. And that's not
0: whatsoever. So, your thoughts, Mr. Diardo. I'm with you all the way man. You you but the other thing to add to that is face adversity at the right time because like yeah, I mean kind of go back to the Steelers real quick. I think they handled their adversity early in the year when they had to be in must win mode. And I think I think by the end of the season they were drained. But I think that you know when you start to get on a roll, I don't I think there's a certain amount of time that you can only hold that for. I mean the great teams, you know you know, you even look at like the, the 85 bears. I mean, they lost in week 12. So like, and, and every bear says from that team, like we would have loved to have gone undefeated, but they all like every team that's 15 to one, something like that. They all say, even the 98 Broncos, even they said, like we needed to lose to figure, figure things out. And I think golden state is playing it really well this year where, you know, and you already hear in some of the talk, like, you know, can they, should they go for 70 wins? And, 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 my opinion is absolutely not I mean if Golden State wants to try to chase records again like go for it and and maybe better better luck next time but I think for them I think last year the biggest thing that hurt them besides you know obviously the Cavs being healthy which you know I give all credit to Cleveland for winning that championship last year but I think Golden State winning it last year and all the hype around them I mean you have you know, I mean, Clay Thompson said that they could have beaten the eighties Lakers after game two of the finals, and for most fans, they just laughed that off, but for people that know how good those Lakers teams are, like myself, and Magic Johnson was pissed that they said that he said the next day on first take he goes, we would have blown those guys out <laughs> like like magic was i mean yeah. that'd be like them coming out you know they 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 did everything but challenge m j s bulls and I think that was Cleveland's best thing was they they were kind of under the radar, but I think that honestly, Brian, I would say there's more media on Cleveland this year than Golden State. Would you agree with that?
1: It might be a little difficult for me to answer solely because I do not watch ESPN um, at all besides live games. That's just a very I, I hate ESPN, so I just don't watch it. But um, I I don't know. I would say. I probably would lean towards not, but that's just, what I always expect, you know, to, to not get as much respect because, you know, that's, that's what I As a Clevelander, there's a, you have a chip on your shoulder. But yeah, I, 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 I just, I think that the other key with the Warriors is like, like you said earlier, able to get comfortable together. They're still going to have, you know, to work on that. Uh, but the Cavs, yeah, that, that is important and it will happen. You know, your comment about LeBron being intimidated, or I'm sorry, Corver being intimidated by LeBron, it, 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 that's a, a good observation, and ultimately, I, I don't want, again, I'm not worried about that. If Kyle Korver is capable inside of being a clutch player, it's going to work itself out. You know, he, and I, we don't know. He hasn't had enough experience in the playoffs. He didn't do much against us, but He's going to have to be somebody in in a playoff situation. That's going to have to make a statement and tell us something uh, before we can really judge him.
0: So uh, I feel good. We're,
1: feel good you know where we're at.
0: I and I and you know, I would too. And because you look at this team, and I was was really excited to tune in this time because I was saying I need to watch this team. And see for myself what's going on. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, now, now that the Steelers' season's over, like, I'm going to start to get dialed in. And it's funny because I listen to the Levitard show every day, and, uh, and they're based in Miami. I listen to the Miami Local Hour, um, and they were talking about how they, they, just, they just said that the Heat's victory over Golden State, uh, was it, I think, Sunday night or Monday night? Monday night. They said that that was the biggest win post-LeBron. Think about that. A regular season victory over Golden State. That's, like, hilarious. that's where that's where Miami's at now. Like how how the mighty have fallen. Like they're trying. Like they're I think they're like what I think 12 or 13 games over 500. And I know the difference between Brian like between you and me. Like I kept watching LeBron when he left, and the the depth of despair that that the Heat are at right now. It's like the Roman Empire fell. Like. And the Heat weren't ever really, like, the Lakers or even – I mean, I would honestly argue, Brian, that this Golden State team has already eclipsed Miami. Like, in my opinion, I, I think this team's better because I think Golden State – I mean, Steph and Currier are such a high level, like, you know uh, – I mean, Steph and, and his other shooting mate, Clay. Um, but, uh, no, I, but, I think you're right. I think just going back to Cleveland, I think they're in a good place. And I don't think – you know, I think Corver's going to work out. I mean, he's a – he's he's – succeeded everywhere he's gone and has only gotten better. I just think he has to learn how to play with the big man and they'll be all right.
1: Absolutely. And he definitely will. It's going to be all good. So what's next on uh, on the docket here? What are you thinking?
0: Well, I'm, you know, we haven't really talked about the Blue Jackets right now and Barry Melrose. Uh, now that we're getting, you know, all-star weekend is coming up and, you know, the Blue Jackets right now, like, they don't have the best, record in the NHL right now, but they're still you know very much in the mix. I, I want to say they have the second best record in the league. and they're, I think there's three teams uh, in, in the Western Conference that are about where they're at. Washington has the lead back in the East, which is really interesting considering that Washington started the year even behind Pittsburgh. So Washington has leapfrogged Pittsburgh and Columbus to first place in the East and the league's best record for the second straight year heading into the All-Star break. Um, we're like three days away, and uh, but Columbus is still there. And I think now the shift for, for Blue Jacket fans needs to be that, you know, you know, you're going to the post season and now you're just you're watching this team and, and see how they develop. But I was at a game about a week and a half ago and uh, they were losing, I think one, nothing early and they ended up winning the game four to one. And, you know, they scored, I think two goals in a three minute span, three goals in a, in a 12 uh, minute span uh, all, you know, at the end of this first period, then into the second. And, you know, this team has handled the sixteen game winning streak really like you know, ending really well. And I think they're in a really good position, uh, during the second half of the season. And, you know, after you know, a little bit after Christmas is when uh you know, they really started facing a lot more of their division. You know, New York, uh they lost a tough one in New York right after the streak ended. But like I said, they've responded well, Brian, and I don't know how much of the blue jackets you've been able to see, but uh you know, Cam Atkinson's playing well. Um, I, I think they're solidifying their backup goaltender issue. You know, I know they had to, you know, make some moves, uh, you know, shortly after the winning streak ended. But, uh, you know, I think they're in a good place right now heading into the All-Star break.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do want to start kind of with what you ended with, which is the goalies. I, I, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think Corpusello seems to have potential moving forward. But for this season – Especially and MacLean a good goalie. He maybe struggled a little bit, and I know he was getting paid. I don't know the instance, the instance, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know enough. But if there was anything you realistically could have done to avoid getting rid of MacLean, that's I, I feel like that was the way to go. I, I don't see how you, considering how important Bob is to this team, how you can do that, you know. I. I but what I, what you know, what I will say is that, yeah, I mean, I they're responding. They're doing enough. Uh, they, with that winning streak, created enough of a, bu- a buffer for themselves. The goal's got to be – I'm not saying necessarily, you know, that you're going to get above 500 or, 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 or what the standard should be. I don't know. But I do know that you've got to try to be around 500. You've got to try to you know, get some overtime you know, losses, uh, enforce overtime if need be. Get your two points. I, I Overall – I feel pretty good, and I love the fact that that winning streak really put them in a good position where it's going to be—they're going to have to really fall apart to not at least make the playoffs. But with that being said, you definitely want to try to get a good playoff season, and that's going to be the key, I think, to the second half. Is I, if you use the context that I'll use—that they're in—you say where are they going to be and who are they going to play potentially second round, but hopefully. At a minimum, first round. Because this, this, we all know this organization, and I, and I mean if you, if you disagree you get down, but I, I think that if you will, this organization needs, a, needs to win a playoff series. Needs to have that feeling of advancing to another round, gaining the experience of at least one more to seven series. Uh, I think that's really important. Uh, I, I mean, do you agree with me that that's the single most important thing at this point that, that, that this organization needs to keep moving forward?
0: I would agree, and I I think that, and you kind of mentioned it a lot with Bob, I mean, I was honestly trying to think about, you know, great goaltenders I've watched. Uh, I've been going to hockey games since I was six years old, you know, at least a few a year, and I normally watch Penguins hockey, which is, you know, I I saw Lemieux play and and Yager in his heyday, and good goaltenders, you know, not, not, I never saw Patrick Waugh play, and uh, you know, some some of the really, like, like really, like, in my opinion, Patrick was the best goalie I've ever seen, even though I didn't get to see him in person. But Bob, I think, might be the best goaltender I've ever seen in person. You know, he, uh, you know, he's not always on, but, you know, throughout the Blue Jackets history with him, you know, even when the team has gone through their losing streaks, honestly, that's kind of when he really shows out more. When the offense is struggling and, and things might not be that tight in front of him, that's kind of when he he stands up. So when you have a goaltender that good and you, know, you can do a lot of good things like with your, with your franchise. And it's funny with the Penguins where, you know, their goaltending situation is they don't know what it is. Like, you know, Matt Murray was in net when they won the cup last year, but he only got the job because Fleury got hurt. So you have a very much, much, much watered down uh, Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady situation <laughs> in the NHL. And there's a lot of old, old school Penguin fans like me that think that Fleury should be the goaltender because uh, Murray's a little flaky, but, you know, Murray's the young guy. So, you know, Pittsburgh is going to have to figure out the goalie situation, and, you know, Columbus doesn't have to worry about that. So, you know, you know, Pittsburgh has the top-end talent, though, and that's that's kind of, in my opinion, like the, the kind of romance of hockey is that you don't just have, like, in basketball there's offense versus defense, football offense versus defense, but in hockey there's, like, forwards versus goalies and, you know, really interesting matchups, and, you know, I don't know if Bob can beat the Penguins in the playoffs unless the Blue Jackets defense really plays well. And it seems like the defense plays, the defense goes off of who's behind them. And you saw it against the Rangers after the losing streak ended. I thought they should have started Bob one more game if, if, if he could, but you know, he, but he saw what he saw. He saw that the, the Blue Jackets didn't have a good bench behind Bob. So they had to figure out the goalie situation, kind of like the Cavs, right? Brian, like, figure out the problems now so you don't have to address it later but, uh, and I think that you know, Torts has done a, a great job you know, I, I don't think that uh, it's really cool to live in a city where no one's questioning the coach you know, I, I don't know a single person in Columbus that doesn't like Torts you know, every, when they hired him it was weird uh, it was kind of two misfits coming together because you know, Torts' ways are kind of unconventional and he couldn't find work but the Blue Jackets were desperate Like it's hard to find a head coach you know, uh, at, you know, a tenth of the way into the season so it's kind of like two misfit toys. It's kind of like the old Oakland Raiders, when, you know, with, with uh, Al Davis. Like, it was all the renegades got together that no one else wanted. I mean, the Blue Jackets are like the modern-day Raiders. I never thought I would say that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you, is back I mean, what would you say would this, would this team strength be, man? I mean, it's got to be the power play, right? I mean, the things they can do on that power play are phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, it's tough. I don't know, really know enough. Be able to, I think, speak on this too much, but I mean, yeah, I, I think, I, I think power plays. I think the potential on defense, I mean, to have Wierenski, and Seth Jones, you know, uh, that's pretty good. So I think that that that's going to be an area of, of continued strength. Uh, but Bob is, yeah, like you said, it, it, it's exciting. It's it's huge. It, it it gives you hope. Um, you know, I, the hot goaltender. Can uh, can make a big difference. It's a lose when uh, your goaltender has big games, and, and Bob's certainly capable. Um, been some some tough ones, tough loss to the Islanders, the, a team that the Jackets were favored over and should have should have defeated. Um, so that was a bit tough. They're definitely showing some signs of, of, of struggle here, and a little bit of fear, it, it would seem, and, and you know based on. What I think I see as a casual fan who's trying to learn, but also I, you know I hear that towards a lot. He refers to that a lot about you know the the youth of the team and, and their you know ability to you know man up and not be be as uh, fearful or afraid in the key situation. so I, 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 it's just, it's, I think it's going to be very interesting to see again, is this going to be a team that is near the top? Or is this going to be a team that is in the middle or closer to the bottom when it comes to, you know, playoff series? I think uh, home ice for at least one round, based on where the Jackets are now, and, you know, might tell me if you disagree, that should be, I think, the goal. I mean, that should be, I think, a, it's a real, I would think, a realistic goal to be able to hit. Do you agree?
0: Oh, yeah, I think so. You know, I, I think that's a good goal to hit, and, you know, I think it's it's just an exciting time. You know, it's 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 just cool to be a part of. It's cool to be around. And you know, it is weird though. The last Blue Jacket game I went to, Brian, it was a Tuesday night. Uh, I think like five or six thousand empty seats. Like it's weird because I don't think if you ask anybody around here, hey, you know the Blue Jackets, you know, are third place or you know in the NHL right now. I mean, it's hockey really is a culture, it's a cult thing. It's a, it's kind of a cult following. You know, I think, you know, I know you don't watch ESPN a lot, but unfortunately most people, a lot of people do. And if it's not ESPN, they don't watch it. And that's like the one thing, you know, I give Gary Bettman a lot of credit for is that he hasn't changed anything about hockey and he won't compromise the product for, for you know, a paycheck with ESPN. Because you can argue that ESPN is kind of like, you know, changed how football's covered. Like they like they like to show games at night, so now NFL playoff games are at night. Well, the NHL has a certain way about how they do things, and they won't bend to authority. And you know, that's why hockey's not quite as popular. It just it just doesn't get the coverage. And uh, you know, I'm excited for the All Star game. Blue Jackets have some players in it. Uh, Malkin's not going to be in it, unfortunately, because he's a little banged up. Which I'm going to call BS on that. He's just he's 30 years old now, and he's starting to do veterans treatment. So. <laughs> So I understand that. But, uh, you know, I was going to ask you actually something, Brian, and it was actually uh, about, uh, you know, the draft coming up and and stuff. Like, I don't know, do you watch any of that? Like, do you pay attention to the NFL draft at all and and the prospects? Like, I know last time we spent time together in Cleveland, you were watching it when I came over. Is that something that, you know, Mike Mayock, do you try to keep tabs with those things?
1: Well, before I answer, I, I ask you a question. Um, sure so do you think if your team never ever 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 wins and they're always close to you know first or within the first 10 do you think that you'd be paying a lot of attention to the draft
0: yeah absolutely it's yeah yeah so i answered your question (laughs) (laughs) pretty easily
1: (laughs) Uh, no 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 no, no. I'm, i'm screwing with you but yeah, I mean, of course, as a Browns fan, that's your Super Bowl. What's amazing is it's more, I guess, like an AFC championship, unfortunately, to, to the Broncos. I'm ripping on you know, the Browns here. It's a thing that's sad for Browns fans, but, like, it's this team gets their shot. It's like the AFC championship, I mean, it's the Broncos. It seems to get to get their shot, and they get a lot of shots, and they blow it year after year after year after year. And it's time to change that. It has to change. I do feel as confident as i felt in a while, which is to say, hopefully, you know, you can have hope, that the combination of Hugh Jackson head coach, ultimately it's his offense, with Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, if you think about it to an extent, he's almost like 40% or 45% of the head coach, because he's going to have complete control of that defense. Hugh Jackson isn't really going to be... Having isn't going to have any, really any role. He's going to trust for Greg Williams. So you've got some good guys there. Uh, the front office, it's been widely public, you know, publicized, well-known. It's a young front office. There's no real football guy in there. It, it, you know, uh, there, there's a focus on analytics, and thats it's going to be imperative, obviously, that that thought process and that evaluation system works. Uh, I would hope that the Browns don't get into the mentality of we should trade back because technically we, we gain draft points. Like at a certain point, you have to pick an impactful player. So this draft's I think, exciting because, I have an, like I said, I have at least hope in what we've got football coaching-wise. And then there's some players on the defense, not many, and there's some players on the offense, not many, with, with, with the, the picks the Browns have, I, I, I think a lot of Browns that I talk to, and this is how I feel, say use your first two picks on defense. Focus on the defense. You're in a division with some very good offenses, but ultimately defense is the AFC North, and in football for that matter, but certainly in, in, in the AFC North. So you got an opportunity. You know, most likely a Miles Garrett, number one, you got this number one player in the draft, Texas and you watch the tape. It's obvious why it's exciting, and uh, he's, he's just going to get better. Um, with the second pick, who knows? I, I, My dream scenario is the Browns trade-off, and I say that because there's no way to flip into them. But I would love to see Malik Hooker in a in a Browns uniform. I feel like, I mean, it's the guy that's compared to Ed Reed, which is the ultimate compliment that you can have a safety. Nothing against Troy, but even you would admit, and the, you know, They've been slightly different players, but uh, well, can it, I? The so, yeah,
0: you saying you that was, was was hilarious because here's my answer to that. Troy played strong safety, and Ed played free safety, so they're different. They're different positions. So whenever people yeah, said that to me, fair. I was like, "Yeah, fair. I always, I always said, you know when I go, yeah, you're right. Ed is the best free safety, and Troy's the best strong safety, and if, if." And that's the that's the thing that I always think about, Brian, is, like, if someone would have said to me, like, you're going to lose Troy to the Ravens in, like, let's say 2011 or something, I would have been depressed, but I also would have loved watching those two play together. <laughs> or, conversely, if Ed came over here, like, I, I'm a huge Ed Reach fan, So, uh, and that's why I'm glad I asked you that question, because... You know, I have to start thinking about the draft right now, and I know that I—I I, I guess there was a quarterback that did really well today. Um, it wasn't any of the boys, well, any so, of the big guns, but yeah. you jump back, in, yeah. I,
1: no, no, no. I'm sorry, I I, I didn't get a chance to uh, see that. So that's that's definitely uh, definitely interesting to me. Um, so I I don't know. Ultimately, I think that. Yeah. We, we we shall we shall see.
0: Well you guys just signed to Jamie Collins, right? What were your thoughts on that?
1: Uh Jamie Collins is it's interesting. I mean Jamie Collins is definitely a uh has had a great career. So far. Hey but bud, it was
0: it was Pitts Nathan Peterman. Didn't mean to cut you off. It was it was Pitts quarterback. I'm sorry? It was it was Pitt's quarterback that that standed out at the Senior Bowl. So that's kind of interesting.
1: Oh I really? I had Nathan Peterman.
0: Nice. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Steelers Steelers passed on Dan Marino who went to Pitt. That you know that's still that's still the pick that I actually don't know like what's the draft pick that Cleveland fans regret the most. Conversely, what was the draft pick that you ended up loving? Like, you know, because I know for the Steelers, I mean Marino
1: yeah it, it it's it's pretty much impossible to choose one. There's been so many. Uh, ultimately, I guess you know what? I can't answer, and here's why, because I can't remember which great player the Browns passed up for which player. So let me phrase it like that. That's probably the better way of going about it. Like I would love to sit here and say Tim Couch. You know, But did the Browns really know Donovan McNabb would be what he is, number one? Number two, would it have mattered? Probably not, right, because the Browns were so bad. So even though they didn't draft the best quarterback, they didn't draft the worst, and David Nowen was drafted there. Uh, Achilles Smith was the first overall pick. Huge foul. So it, it would, it, I guess the answer would be it would depend upon who, the, you know, which which great player the Browns did not pick, in that instance. Uh, the, the, the obvious one that you think about and potentially champion is Julio Jones trading back a couple times, ending up with Phil Taylor at defensive tackle, and when you had the opportunity to draft Julio Jones, who is the second-best receiver in the NFL, I'm going to give the nod to uh, your, your guy, Antonio Bryan. and no uh, disrespect to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he's right right there in that conversation, too. That That's your big three. I. I would put put it in that order. Everyone's obviously settled their opinion and can decide where they would want to rank. Rank, you know, in,
0: in that, that situation. That's interesting, man. That's well, you know what? It's funny. It's funny because you know Ben always wanted to be a Cleveland Brown. That's the crazy thing. You know, when when he talks about his favorite quarterbacks, he he's talking about Bernie Kosar. He talked about. The first game he remembers watching was the drives because he was pulling for, you know, Cleveland. But conversely, that's why John Elway is one of his favorite quarterbacks. He remembers cheering for Cleveland, but, you know, Elway let him back like that. So, you know, it's just kind of – it's just funny how – in like, Alex Smith, I know, always wanted to – or or Aaron Rodgers always wanted to be a 49er. So, you know, that was always what kind of, like, speared him on. It's it's always funny to find that story out later that, okay, I, this guy wanted to go here, you know, so – those stories are always kind of funny. Like I, like I know that, uh, you know, it's funny because Le'Veon Bell has no animosity towards Ohio State because they didn't even consider him. And he always said, he goes, I, they shouldn't have. I wasn't that good. So he actually openly cheers for OSU when they're playing Clemson or Michigan or whatnot. So I think that's really cool with him. And I think there honestly is Big Ten pride. And there's just pride being born in, in you know, in Ohio. Even if you leave Ohio, you're always a Buckeye. Desmond Howard. Charles Woodson, they're all Buckeyes, you know, that's, 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 that's all it is. So, but, uh, but yeah, Brian, I didn't know what else, you know, what you really else wanted to, to cover tonight. I know that I kind of left some things on the table, kind of went off the cuff here, just kind of went on tangents and and saw where they, they kind of left us, but, uh, I'm kind of open to, you know, talking more calves. and, And I actually wanted to ask you, uh, you know, about uh, Schumper, he was hitting a lot of threes this year. I haven't been really watching a lot of Cleveland basketball yet, so maybe you can catch me up to speed. Like, uh, how has he been playing this season? Because he looked pretty good to me this evening. It, 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 I don't know. What were your two cents on that?
1: Yeah, Schumper shot the three well, which is which is huge. You always get
0: quarterback. So that's always good. That's awesome, you know, and 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 Kevin Love. I mean, he can shoot well too. It's just, I don't know. This, this it's almost like, I don't know. Are, are Cavs fans like still in, kind of enjoying the, the the thrill of sixteen, or do you think now more fans are dialed into what's going on right now? What would you What would you say right now that where the fan base is, Brian? You still there?